Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Holly Homer, and you'll discover how she creates a very loyal community for her very large Facebook following. If community development is one of your goals, you're definitely going to want to pay attention to this interview. By the way, you can email me at podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com, and I am excited to introduce episode four in our ongoing audio documentary. Noah Stanley felt the knot growing tighter in his stomach, a feeling that plenty of us have experienced at this particular moment when we go to conferences. It was time to network. And he thought, Oh my God, there's a lot of people here. With plenty of them thinking the same thought. They should be talking to people, but don't quite know how to get it going and everything. So of course, it's now time to play that familiar choose your own adventure game in your head. You can turn around and go back to your hotel, I mean, the opening keynote tomorrow is super early anyway. Or maybe you could text someone. But then what? Do you just wait there? For how long? Or I wonder how long the food lines are going to be, because if I can get some food on a plate, maybe I don't have to talk to somebody as much the next time, and I can maybe have a distraction from meeting someone. And all of this internal angst and decision-making happens because of one thing. Networking at conferences can be super intimidating. You play a lot of mind games with yourself in those scenarios where, you know, you find distractions. And that is the problem. You shouldn't need to distract yourself from what should be the point of being there. But unfortunately, and way too often, events make the networking portion of the day an afterthought. And in doing so, they fail to care for a huge percentage of their attendees. Introverts. I'm Jay Akunzo, and today we have a story about social media marketing world, and specifically how the event takes care of all of its attendees, introverts included, and turns what is normally an awkward experience into an exceptional one. You're here. You are prepared. You've asked yourself the questions that allow you to step into this conference and know, well, I am at this conference knowing that this conference links to a bigger goal for me. That's the voice of Mike Bruni, a networking ambassador for Social Media Marketing World. Last year, he led a workshop called Networking for Introverts, a free workshop that Noah attended before the main conference. So what do you do? Thank you for asking. (laughs) You're welcome. I I work with uh, small and medium... Mike's workshop is one of many different things that Social Media Marketing World does to proactively create the right environment for all attendees to network successfully. 
introverts included. But to do so, Social Media Examiner and its team need to understand something critical about what it is to be an introvert. According to Mike Bruni, A lot of people have been told what it means to be an introvert. That introvert means you, you know, you shy away, you shrink from large crowds, and that's not always the case. Let's go back to Noah for a second. I, I classify myself as an introvert. A lot of people around me would not classify myself as an introvert. I'm the guy at all of our office conferences or company conferences that gets up and talks, gives a big spiel, very comfortable around people that I know. But I then have to get away from some people and I need to have some downtime. Uh, at the end of the day, it really is about where you get your energy. So you can power up in order to go into a crowd. But this is simply not what most events consider when planning their networking opportunities. They don't they don't see the, the, the long term value like they're looking at the butts and seats versus creating a customer that can become a, a return the lifetime value of a customer. Someone who's going to come back next year, someone who's going to invite their friends. I don't think that's something people really think about as, you know, as conference organizers. At some point, I need my like my 30 minutes to wind down and clear my head. Here's the problem. The point of networking isn't to exchange a little small talk with strangers in a room somewhere. It's to develop meaningful connections that can have an impact on your business, career, and life. But when an event lacks empathy for the experience of its introverted attendees, not only does the organization lose potentially lifelong fans, they prevent those people from making potentially lifelong connections. So what changed in the case of Noah? Well, last year, after he attended Mike Bruni's workshop and he was walking around social media marketing world, down the hall, headed right for him, came one of the biggest influencers in all of social media, heck, all of the internet ever. Out of nowhere, I didn't even know who the person was at the time because I wasn't looking at him. And then I look at him, it's like, oh my gosh, it's Chris Brogan. Chris is the best-selling author of eight different books. He's a successful and well-known entrepreneur in the digital space, and he's one of the most influential people in social media. So he would be a little intimidating to bump into cold for almost anybody. Uh, in my research, one of the biggest things that people said uh, is their fear when it comes to networking is the feeling of, I don't have anything to offer. And to that, I have come up with an acronym that I tell them to remember, and that is called WHEN. So W-H-E-N. So with that trick in mind, Noah's interaction with Chris Brogan suddenly felt, well, easy. He came over and he started talking to me just out of the blue. The W in when is for work. The very first thing that drew Chris and Noah together. You see, Chris had noticed Noah's company logo on his shirt. I was wearing a comicbook.com shirt at the time and he just blurted out, oh, I love that site. H is for hobby, something you can totally geek out about to pretty much anybody. Like, say, comics and social media. And we just had this long conversation about comicbook.com and, you know, how he has it on his Facebook feed and he, he loves the way that we do certain things at that site. E and N go together. E is for education, what you've learned or what you can learn from someone else. And N is your actual network. Who can you introduce to them and who might they introduce to you to further that education? And I mean, for 20 minutes, we sat there and, and just networked and everything. And then the, and the rest of the conference, you know, I would see him and, you know, he say, oh, you should talk to this person. They're, they're good in distribution. They're good in affiliate sales. 
and I'd bring up other people that really wanted to meet him and introduce him. And every single time he was gracious and spent time with them. And really, that is what networking is supposed to be, but often isn't. In that situation prior to that, you know, I might have been a little awestruck by Chris Brogan. I might have been um, just went straight into small talk because that's what some people just naturally do at these conferences. They get into the small talk scenario where they think that they're accomplishing something and they're, you know, they're happy that they got through five minutes of talking to someone that they've never met before. But ultimately, the meaningful relationship never forms. Literally, I've been to so many conferences where I talk to people and I think I'm having a good conversation with them, but they're, they're actually tuned out. And their only goal is really to exchange business cards with me at some point. So here I didn't get that at all. That was the best part. Noah has made lasting connections at Social Media Marketing World that have added real tangible value to his work and his life. We still keep in contact with each other every single week uh, to this day. The reality is clear. Meaningful relationships can form at events if and only if the people planning those events keep in mind every single attendee and makes them feel empowered and inspired to connect with others. This label that's introvert does not define who I am. And once you get to that point, it opens up so much more conversation that has intent and purpose at that time that there's a real connection formed. Noah Stanley felt a knot growing tighter in his stomach, a feeling that plenty of us have experienced at this particular moment when we go to conferences. Except, unlike at most conferences, this introvert smiled. He took a deep breath as he gazed around the party, and he felt that knot disappear. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now let's transition over to this week's interview with Holly Homer. To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest. This week, I'm very excited to be joined by Holly Homer. If you don't know who Holly is, she is a professional blogger. Her blog is Kids Activities Blog, and it's a blog that helps parents discover fun things to do with their kids. So if you are a parent and you have kids, you've got to check it out. Her Facebook page, Quirky Mama, has more than 3 million fans. And Holly, I'm very excited to welcome you back to the show. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me back. This is really exciting for me. 
Well, today we're going to dig into a topic that I am personally very interested in, which is community development using Facebook in a world of algorithms. And I should almost say it in like, in a world of algorithms. <laughs> community is your algorithm buster. So um, I'm here to say that this is a very important topic, everyone, because we are dealing with issues, you know, with, with computerized algorithms deciding what is important. And when you build community like Holly has, then you can accomplish great things. So Holly, uh, my first question, you have a gargantuous blog, much larger <laughs> than Social Media Examiner, and you've got a, a really loyal base of fans. Why don't you tell everyone how important the community is that you've built to your business? Well, I mean, with, you know, I, I think, you know, those, those first few statements were so true. Like without the community, all I have is like a spot on the internet. <laughs> like, you know, I have a URL. And um, so the, the importance of pulling together a community, no matter what you're doing, um, I just feel like is completely key. And so for me on Kids Activities blog, it's, you know, it's generally moms. And I do speak to moms. Um, we have the occasional dad. <laughs> we have the occasional grandma parent or teacher. But for the most part, you know, our voice is aimed at our community, which is a group of moms generally with small children who are looking for something to do and to survive the day. And so everything that we publish on Kids Activities blog, everything that is a post or a video or, you know, a picture or a saying on Quirky Mama, it all goes back to serving that community and bringing it closer together. At what point, first of all, how long have you been, how long have you been blogging? Um, t this is my 10th year. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, I know. It's a, I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> you and me both. You and me both. I, I started in, I think, 2005. So yeah. we've been around for a while. So at what, you know, in the early days, community wasn't, as you know, as big of a deal. It was more about just getting your content out there. And the comment section is sometimes where community would develop. At what point in the growth of your uh, most recent, you know, your big blog, the Kids Activities blog, did it become apparent to you that, that you had a community and what did you do with it in the beginning, just out of curiosity? Yeah, so I actually had to learn how to reestablish community because um, in the early days, it was very different. Like I, I wrote a, a personal blog about me and my, my small children at the time called June Cleaver Nirvana. And I, you know, I'd get 300 people to a blog post on a day you know, that was a good day. And I would have 150 comments. <laughs> wow. You know, those days are no longer. Um, and so that community in those early days, but then I was also visiting, you know, my, you know, my closest hundred friends and dropping comments on their blogs. Um, so it was just a very, that community was so much more visible at that point. But, um, and it was so much more close knit because you could see it through the commenting. And then, you know, and then Twitter and Plurk and, and Google Plus and Facebook and all these things came along, um, Pinterest to start driving away that that conversation that was happening in the blog to the point where about two and a half years ago I turned off my blog comments, mm. and and then you're like, but why? Wait, wait, wait! Like what happened there? But what we did was steer that conversation onto Facebook. And because that's where we were getting those comments, that's where we were getting that engagement. And so we had to just re like renegotiate kind of the guidelines of the community and say, this is where we're hanging out. This is what we're doing. Um, this is, if you want to, if you want to talk to me, this is where, this is where that's happening. And, um, and then, I mean, 
so we, we switched the conversation to Facebook, you know, got a lot of engagement that way. But then last spring, you know, that all changed again when Facebook actually let me talk directly to my Facebook fans through Facebook Live. And then all of a sudden, you know, what had been kind of a one-way conversation is now a two-way conversation. And what had been a community around me all over, all of a sudden became a community that I'm an active participant in. And so all these things, like your community is going to look different in five years as it does it too. It might be five months, might be five weeks. Like you have to keep using the tools in different ways. Wow. What a great plug for Facebook Live. So um, one of the things that I know about you, Holly, because we've spoken many times is that you are a bit of an analytics geek, if you don't mind <laughs> me saying so. So um, I, I think that... Um, I think that you do some really innovative things using your Facebook page insights, and I would love you to share how you're using the insights from your Facebook page to kind of discover what your fans are interested in. Can you share a little bit about what you do there? Yeah, and that's really how that, like, kind of that, I figured out what that, you know, the interesting thing about Facebook, and Google Analytics does this to a, a, a lesser extent, but but it's pretty decent too, is your insights tell you exactly who your community is. So you open up your insights and you're like, oh, it's generally, you know, a mom with small children, you know, shocker. But, you know, it's so funny because like we assume that, but like you can open up insights and see, oh my gosh, like for the most part, they live in the United States. And then, you know, I have a, a we have a large following in, in Australia, makes sense. You know, I mean, like, you know, the lifestyle is very similar. Um, child rearing is very similar. Uh, and when you think about what I do, that may, that's a big difference. Like if culturally, if what we're saying on Quirky Mama is against what, the way you raise your children, you're not going to be following the page. You're not going to be embracing that community. And so it's really interesting to see like the countries that um, that we reach because we do we are on a 24 hour Facebook um, publishing schedule. So the time zones don't matter as much. And so what we did is really looked at not, not only who that person is, where they live, where they're when they're online, what are they doing online, but then what they like. <laughs> like this is, you know, what they're engaged in. Do they like photos? Do they like links? What type of links do they like? Do they like videos? What type of videos do they like? What, you know, what happens when we publish this? And um, I know well, we've talked what, about... By the way, what are you watching for? Because a lot of people look at their insights and roll their eyes back because they don't know what they're looking for. So <laughs> so what are you looking for in order to know you have a winner? It's a the magical orange bar. The, okay, so like I am an insights geek, but I'm not like, I'm not obsessed with numbers. I'm obsessed with that orange bar and what that orange bar means. So if you open your insights, you'll see like the all the post lists and you can put like more posts so you can get a whole page worth of posts on there. And then you'll see that orange bar. I think it's in like the fourth column, maybe the fifth, where it just shows you its reach in comparison to everything else that day or what's on that page. And so you can, I mean, it's really easy. So like, like I, my team, knows this it's like if the orange bar is short don't do it again <laughs> if the orange bar is long let's try to figure out how to do it again you know mm. i mean it's as simple as that i mean and you realize you realize you just pretty much <laughs> you just pretty much in just a few words if the orange bar is short don't do it again if the orange bar is long do it again do you realize you literally just threw a bowling ball into a bunch of people's <laughs> posting strategy or perhaps saved people from the brink of destruction i mean because you know, because um, like a lot of people see the the low reach and they just assume that maybe the algorithm was punishing them that day. But you're saying, no, that's not how you look at it, huh? 
No, the, the, okay. So I know this is a, like a super unpopular thing and I get mad at the algorithm too. And by the way, Facebook doesn't actually say there's an algorithm. That's my favorite part about all this. But, um, but you know, um, when something happens, it's not the algorithm's fault. It's how your fans reacted to your post that caused it that amount of reach. Hmm. So, like, if you put something really popular out there, guess what? The algorithm likes it. Why does the algorithm like it? Because your fans like it. If you put something out there that's a dog, the algorithm doesn't like it. No, it's actually your fans that didn't like it. So, so stop. I mean, like, the algorithm is numbers. Like, there's no emotion in the algorithm. It's like a litmus <laughs> test, isn't it, right? Yeah. And so this is this is the voting. Okay, so like I've always had like I'm obsessed with like supporting things that you appreciate in life. You know, so like put your money where you know where the, will where it will do good. You know, put your money with a product that you really appreciate. This is exactly the same thing. Every single interaction that is on your page is a vote for that. So they're saying we want more of that. So if there is a low, I mean, we got to dig in on this a little bit because everybody's like, please go there. So if there is a low orange bar, do you yes. recommend not, uh, changing up the language, not posting on that topic? Just give us a couple of like inside behind the curtain peek at how you dissect what, what you ought to do with that type of content. Yeah. So first of all, the other thing that I always do um, is I play, I, I don't know, I play a game, you know, before I post something, I'll be like, you know, how far should it reach? You know, and I'm like, I, I actually post on my Facebook page. Like, so I, you know, I'm in there every day. I know what it looks like. I, in fact, I have done all the posts for six weeks uh, earlier this year, um, just so that I was in touch with what was happening. And so like you play this little game, like wh how far, you know, based on my knowledge of my community and what, what's happened previously, how far should this reach? So then you go back later that day and, and then answer that question. Did it reach more? Did it reach less? You know, what happened with it? And I'm um, in, you know, I would say once you get good at this game, you're about 80 to 90% of the posts will not surprise you. They'll fall in line with what your, your expectations are. You know, some days are better than others. And, and you cannot throw your Facebook page out on one post <laughs> or one day worth of posts. You know what I mean? Like this is, we're in this for, for the long haul. This is not, this is not just an overnight, like, oh, let's just try this today. So what do so, we, what do we tweak? I mean, what do we change the copy? Do we change yes. the picture? So if it's something that you think should have done better, then then I would dive in and say, why didn't it do better? Like, was it the copy? Was it the picture? Was it the time of day? Was it like, was it the top? You know, if it is the topic, if you look at it and you're like, well, maybe my people just aren't into that, then that's something you probably aren't going to repeat. But I am completely known <laughs> for read like, so like this didn't do as well as it should what I do is I sit down, rewrite it, re-put a new picture in it, and schedule it for three days from now. Hmm. And then I'm going to go back and look at it again. Like, okay, no, like that, like now, okay, that, that makes sense. Now that did better. Let's, why did that do better? Or, or that did terribly. And then, you know, then I'm sitting here that, scratching my head, like, what the heck? And then I have to look a little bit deeper. And sometimes those are just dogs. Or sometimes, you know, it's funny, sometimes things that ye are really close to your heart aren't necessarily close to your um, community's heart. And that's okay. <laughs> it's not a, like a personal attack on you. So you recommend uh, for anyone who manages a Facebook page that has not been 
um, regularly looking at their analytics at least once a week um, and truly wrapping their mind around why the reach is good or why the reach is bad, that should become a regular part of their job. Do you agree? Absolutely. And I, you know, the last time we spoke, I said, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, Facebook does not like third party schedulers and, you know, that like people freaked out over that. Um, and I still stand behind that to a certain extent. I still use some third party, um, um, schedulers, but one of the reasons why Facebook doesn't like it is not because Facebook doesn't like it, but because it takes you a step away from your analytics. If you are not looking at your Facebook analytics every single day, but it is your job to run a Facebook page, what the heck are you doing? Preach it, girl. <laughs> All right. Now, let's let's shift, okay? On that mark, everyone, you know, start getting into your analytics and re-listen to this little section we just had with Holly. We're going to switch over to community. So, assuming we have spent some time in our Facebook insights and we've begun to see the patterns and we've begun to maybe put a little spreadsheet together and notice how certain kinds of topics seem to get further reach and maybe started asking ourselves, hmm, it seems like this community is very interested in these four or five different things. You know, what do we do now to actually nurture this community that we've got? Because it's one thing to just schedule a post, but I think what we're talking about goes beyond that, right? It really should. And it can. And that's really the exciting thing about like building a community. And so it depends on like where you're, you know, what your business is based in. Um, if you're running a website, it's real, it's real easy because you're just going to pull your categories. Um, you know, your categories are generally the topics that resonate with your community, <laughs> the, you know, the things on your site that people read. So like for kids, activities, blog and quirky mama, that's going to be, you know, easy recipes for families, um, getting your kids to do X, Y, or Z. <laughs> you know, potty training, eating, um, you know, stop throwing tantrums, those type of things, general parenting, you know, hacks, home hacks, like how to run a house, how to save time, you know, those, those kind of kind of capsules or categories of content that not only do well on, on kids activities blog, but also the Facebook page. And then you can take what's being popular and then expand it into some sort of interaction. Um, we do, you know, reader questions every day. Um, people ask questions. We do live video. Okay, um, well, that- wait, let's go through this one at a time. Reader questions. <laughs> tell, us reader what questions. You, tell us what you do and how you do it. Okay, so um, initially, and this was one of the ways that we grew the page organically, was to um, people would just message the page a question they had, and we would post it in its entirety, and our our community would you know answer would it. add to it, answer it, yeah. and that that did really well for us for a while. Um, until it stopped being so seen in the algorithm. So like whether that was Facebook was no longer letting text only, um, you know, uh, uh, things go out to or maybe, you know, maybe our community wasn't that engaged in, in them anymore. So we took that to live video. Um, where now like I'll sit down and we'll have question and answer periods or I'll start with a certain topic and um, a lot of times it will be like jumping off of a blog post that was written on kids activities blog so that the first first three to five minutes of that video is is kind of reviewing like that blog post on kids activities blog so there's actually some concrete information there and then letting the community weigh in like what do you want to talk about like what part of this resonated with you what struggles are you having um, and to the point where 
I don't have to have all the answers um, because the people who are in my community are super, super smart and are able to connect the dots. So like if I say, you know, I've never been up against that. Like I have three boys. Like there are some questions about parenting girls that I haven't a clue, <laughs> you know, so like throw that act out there to them and, and get a wealth of information. So and, do you read back some of the comments live on the air so everybody can hear it? Absolutely. If you're like live video is about that interaction to me. Like I might as well just be doing a YouTube video if I'm not going to be interacting. In fact, I, it, it would be my, it is my goal to, to speak to every single person who is on that video and say their name and respond to them and thank them for being there and thank them for being part of the community because otherwise I'm just a talking head and I'm an, I'm not, I never want to put my pos- myself in a position of being an expert because this is a community. Like this is like, Hey, you know, this is my knowledge. What's yours? So how often are you going live and doing these kinds of Q and a from your Facebook page? Um, I generally would try to do the, like this in the early days. Um, I was doing this almost daily. Wow. Um, I, we're going to talk in a few minutes. I know about my, um, Facebook, um, Facebook group. I am actually on live on um, Facebook video about 21 hours a week. Okay. But on, but what do you recommend for people today on their pages? How often should they go live on their page? If they're going to do Q and A's. Yeah. I think like you set up maybe once a week. Um, if you have more time than that, once a day, you know, whatever, I, I just, I don't think there's a formula. I think that's going to depend on you and your community and what kind of, what you're going to see is that those, those type of activities are going to get bigger reach than anything else you post. So it's almost, and you're, and it's like the gateway of interaction right now on Facebook is Facebook live. And so like harness that. Um, and really use it for, you know, leverage it for your community and your community growth. Mm. So, so when you do go live and, I, and um, when you do go live, are you generally thinking I'm going to go for an hour? I'm going to go for a half an hour. Like how long are you typically thinking? Like what do you recommend to people when it comes to the Q and A? Um, yeah. And I think like, I know this scares people and that's why I hate to say this, but on Facebook live, the longer, the better, the longer you go, the more reach. And, and that's partially a, a, a kind of that short attention span, um, thing that people have in their stream is people are going to pop in for, you know, for a minute, five minutes, six minutes, um, in and out back and forth. Uh, you'll have a handful of people that will stay with you the whole time. And those hardcore fans don't care if you went 30 minutes or six hours. Um, so it's just really up to you. Like generally when I can't shut up. So like I usually go for about an hour, hour and a half. But like, you know, in the early days, that was 20 minutes until I got to the point where I can't shut up. <laughs> so we've talked about Facebook Live. We've talked about Q&A. We're going to get to groups in a second. But I just want to know if there, before we get into groups, is there any other community um, development activities that you do on your page in particular that we have not mentioned? Yeah. So the other thing that we do on Quirky Mama um, is that we really, really encourage people to post to our wall. Um, if they find something amazing or if another blogger, for instance, in our space has written something amazing um, to go ahead and post that to our wall. And then we share things from our wall every single day. 
um, it's a it's an immense resource for us as far as um, finding amazing content. And what a lot of people don't realize is that a small percentage of your fans are going to see what is posted to your wall. So some of those things will get some organic reach before you even you know reshare it. When you say you post from your wall, does that mean you are generating a new post and copying the data from the wall, or you can actually take that wall post and and like kind of share that whole post on your page? Yeah, if you have a smaller page, um, then I would, if you have a smaller page that's just starting this for the first time, I would just go ahead and share that. Like we use the share arrow and share it to your your wall. Um, if you're running a, a large engaged page, then your reach is going to be better if you start that over again. Got it. Um, but like when you're start when you're first getting going on all this, like whatever you can do to like show Facebook that people are actually engaged with you, you're going to, you're going to reap the benefits of. Okay. We talked about Facebook groups. You mentioned it earlier. So tell me, what are you doing with Facebook groups? So one of the things that we've done with Facebook groups is, and I have several, is that we have used them as kind of category extenders. So, um, for instance, um, like if there's like, like, Instead of having like a highly niched blog or a highly niche Facebook page, we would highly niche the group hmm. and and surround a group o- around a topic that people are really, really interested in. So, um, for instance, I run a site called Poise and Purpose, which is health and beauty. And so we have a Facebook group that is specifically about make- makeup tutorials and tips. Um, and that, that is actually run by somebody else, um, on my team who is younger and can speak that language, (laughs) but like it, it still has exactly the same thing as like another group that, um, that, um, one of my partners, Jamie Harrington and I do for, um, for the sale of clothes. And so we have a whole community around, um, clothes and how to wear them and, and how to buy them. Okay, so this is very interesting, I think, to a lot of people because I'm sure what's going through people's minds is why did you choose to do it as a group instead of as another page? Yes. So, for instance, um, we kind of happened across that by accident (laughs) and then have leveraged it. Um, So, for instance, um, when we sell, um, and um, we're um, independent consultants for um, LuLaRoe. So, we sell LuLaRoe, but we can't, the the Facebook terms of service do not allow that to be. Why don't you explain what that is for people that don't have any clue what you just said? So LuLaRoe is a, is a clothing company that okay, um, is known for leggings and, and um, really comfortable and very stylish shirts and, and such dresses and such. So um, what we've done is the, the Facebook Terms of Service does not allow me to go live on Facebook on a public page or my public profile to sell those things. But they do allow it in a private group. So we started a private group. Um, and it's doing very well, and there's a ton of interaction in it. And we were like, hmm, I wonder if we could do this for other things. And so we've kind of taken our success um, on the like how we monetized and then taken it to other um, areas on just highly niched things. What's interesting about groups is there's there's some serious pros and serious cons. You cannot advertise to a Facebook group, which is unfortunate. Right. But But – Groups do get notifications, which pages do not, right? So this has got to be a huge plus for you, right? I mean, eventually those notifications do tend to die away for people that are not actively participants in the group. But the fact that um, 
the fact that I belong to a series of groups and when the owners of that group post, I always get a, a world notification. It's got to be huge for your engagement. Is that right? Yeah. And so, in fact, the interesting thing is, is if I was to pop on live right now, um, like, you know, just in the middle of this podcast. And so my, for instance, my LuLaRoe group, which is AKA LuLaRoe, um, if I went there, I have about 19,000 um, community members in there. And I would probably get very close to the same number of live viewers um, there as I would if I popped on to Quirky Mama that has 3 million fans. Wow. Uh, it's got to so, be because of the notifications, right? It really does. And then the other part of it, you know, even beyond psychologically beyond the notifications is the fact that this is a private group. Hmm. So it's an exclusive group. I'm not speaking publicly to 3 million people in their mind. I'm think I'm speaking to them and their friends because it's such a tight, tight knit group. Um, and then it's just like, it's, it's secret. It's quiet. Like it's, it's like, it's, it's not secret anymore, share. Holly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it is part, they're part of, um, you know, one a special of the things, club, right? a special club with a lot of inside jokes and, and just silly things that we say to each other that like a language that wouldn't be understood outside of that community. So do you advise, and by the way, talk to me about the connection between the page and the group, because there's gotta be for those of us that have a decent size following on Facebook, like we don't have 3 million, we've got like almost a half a million, but anybody who's got a decent size following on Facebook, does it make sense if there is a true community there to also potentially do a Facebook group and does that give us a bit of an advantage or a leg up with starting a group, a private group? Yeah. And so early on, um, we built just the, the first few thousand of our group from the page, you know, Hey, this is what we're doing. You know, come join us. And, um, the funny thing is, is once we hit about 2000 members in the group, that group kind of like started organically growing to the point where we haven't even had time <laughs> to go advertise it anymore. Like it's, it's been an organic growth from about 2000 to what it is at 19,000. Now, um, the, it's not like it is as intense as running a page, mm. you know, in fact, but it's almost more intense because, um, it's a lot more like nurturing of a community you know, interacting yourself as a person versus like on a page where you're answering this and answering that, but most of it is more broadcasting, even though you're doing live video and stuff like that. So like, this is not something to take lightly. It is something that will completely impact your business, but you have to figure out if that ROI on that is going to be worth it. Well, and I want to just speak about this for a second. Um, remember at the opening of this interview, I said that the algorithms are the struggle that all the Facebook marketers have and the the community is your algorithm buster. So mm -hmm. if you can develop a smaller, active, engaged community inside of a Facebook group, public or private, this is going to be something that will allow your business or group to essentially get regularly in front of this smaller community and this smaller community can be very powerful, as Holly just mentioned. Three million fans on her Facebook page, 19,000 people in the group, same number of people whenever she goes live. That's really quite eye-opening. So there's power in the small is kind of what I hear you saying, Holly, right? There absolutely is. And the other thing I would say is um, 
is I have a smaller Facebook page called AKA Mom, which kind of grew the grew the group grew out of that, um, where we we built it completely on video. Um, it's all live video. Uh, it's all silly live video. <laughs> Let's just like put that out there. It's all very very silly live video. And what is so interesting about that page that I think it, we're almost about to, ready to hit thirty thousand fans on that page. Uh, is that those people are are a lot more engaged as a percentage in what we do than like Quirky Mama with the 3 million fans. And so if you build a community or a page um, with the actual information, like the live video that that's what you're doing and that's how you're building it, that's going to attract a more rabid fan than if we had done Facebook advertising or if we had done a lot of link posts or, you know, like when you actually are attracting people with what you're doing, that's kind of the magic sauce. I'm sure some smart marketers are listening right now and saying, okay, now hold on a second. If this is a private Facebook group and I go live inside of the Facebook group, then that means the live video will not be shared outside the group because of the privacy controls. So then the nat- the natural next question is how in the world do you grow the group? Do you have your setup so that any member of the group can invite other people into the group? Is that the way you grow it? Yes, and but everybody, it is a private group, so everybody has to be um, approved. So, um, but it has literally grown by word of mouth because what we're doing in there is so unique. It's, it's what like it's what people are searching for, um, and we're not just selling clothes. Every night we have a show that will like. I mean, I hope it brings a smile to your, you know, we get emails that people watch it, even if they're not going to buy clothes, because it is a bright spot and it's silly and people just let, are able to let their hair down and talk to their friends. And, and that's where this is going is like, what if your group was the place that people went on like the daily vacation? If your group could be that place where people are like, oh, thank God, it's the time of day when I get to come to this group. Hmm. That's when that's when you've won. And it doesn't matter what you're doing in there, um, as long as obviously, if as long as it's legal and moral, um, you know, then, you know, that's that's the win- that's when you won the community is when your community is so desperate to get to it every night or get to it every morning um, because it's just a place of of just a vacation from their life. How do you, what, with a lot of people listening know how to deliver content onto a page. Um, And we did talk about how you're doing a lot more live video in your group, but is there anything else outside of live video inside of the Facebook group that is cultivating community? Yeah. So, and one of the things for us has been just getting real and, and, you know, I feel like, you know, a social media, you know, professionals where march around like kind of dressed up like in our casually <laughs> Friday casual dress and are like really stiff and, you know, like, you know, experts in our field. And that's not what our communities want from us. What our communities want from us is the real, the, the, the funny, the accidents, the, the mistakes, the silly things that happen today in a positive light, um, you know, all those things that make us human and allow us to connect. And one of the things, um, so our live videos every night, I mean, we go live for three hours. And so obviously, um, I'm, I'm a mistake <laughs> waiting to happen. And what then happens is then my husband, <laughs> who runs the live production, 
cuts out that mistake and then replays it a hundred times in future episodes. Ah, so he makes like blooper reels. <laughs> yes, it blooper reels. And so that's why I'm like, I, I love my life. Like every time I make a mistake, we have to see it another hundred times, you know, afterwards. But that's what resonates with people. Like <laughs> and you, and you guys are civil that. after the show? <laughs> You're okay yes. with that? <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's true. I know. Like, it's a really weird dynamic. I, but we've been married for 24 years. That's so, like, I think we're okay. <laughs> that so. is totally cool. Well, um, I mean, folks, I hope that you're you're hearing some of the things that Holly is doing because it is it is very innovative. Like, I can't think of anyone that I know that had a page with 3 million fans and decided to start private, small Facebook groups. <laughs> it just doesn't – it just doesn't – it's not, you know – you're swimming the opposite direction of the stream, you know? So, um, but obviously what you're saying is this is really working for you. So, um, uh, yes, I, in fact, it, it's worked beyond my wildest dreams. Um, I, it's ridiculous. I, I have to pinch myself every morning <laughs> to totally figure out cool. how this is working. Totally cool. Well, um, I want to give people a chance to discover what you're doing. Where do you want to send them to experience all the cool things that you've got going on, Holly? Sure. So kidsactivitiesblog.com is the blog. And then um, the Facebook page is Quirky Mama. And Mama is spelled M-O-M-M-A. And then the Facebook group that we've been talking about um, is AKA LulaRoe. And LulaRoe is L-U-L-A-R-O-E. So AKA LulaRoe. And that's also, you can find that that video page, um, which is also AKA Mom or also known as Mom. And if you missed any of that, don't worry. We'll have everything in the show notes, and you can you can track all that cool stuff. Holly Homer, I just want to thank uh, thank you so much for agreeing to come on and share your insights. And I also am thankful that you're going to be coming back to social media marketing world. Is this going to be your second or third time? Third time, and I'm speaking on blogging this year. I'm super excited about that. Tell everybody what they can expect if they haven't been before. Oh my gosh. Um, social media um, marketing world is my favorite one. I've told all my friends to come because not only are you going to like every podcaster you ever like wanted to meet is there. Every, you know, social media guru that, you know, is on your list is there and that you're going to have way more than you can do there. And then that party on the first night is just a highlight of my life. On the aircraft carrier. And yep. it's my hope that everybody listening that tries this Facebook group thing and comes to Social Media Marketing World will track down Holly and say, you're right. I tried a private group <laughs> and it's blowing my mind. Holly, thank you so much. And again, tell everybody how to get to your Facebook page one more time. It's Quirky Mama. Um, quirky and M-O-M-M-A. Awesome. Holly Homer, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's podcast interview. If you didn't catch everything, don't worry. We take all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 233. Also, do not miss a future episode of this podcast. We have an amazing lineup of guests coming. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on your podcast player. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. And by the way, you go to Social Media World. 17.com to get that ticket. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.